Listen, the psalmist, the psalmist, and even, you know, the songwriter of Amazing Grace, he, he, was, a, he was a slave trader. He was a wicked man. A wicked man. I'm, I'm talking about the type of people that you knew was going to hell. If anybody was going, he was going. Every sin in the Bible, he committed. And God came into his life. You say, why is grace amazing? <laughs> because I was a wretch. I wasn't lovable. I wasn't righteous. He knew where he stood with a holy God. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a like me. I once was, but now I'm found. I was, that's it. Why are people doing what they're doing today? They're blind. We get angry and we get frustrated and we get mad and they're taking away our rights and they're doing this and they're doing that. You know why? They're blind. He said, I did what I did because I was blind, but now I see. Uh, maybe that didn't do nothing for you. Maybe that didn't do nothing. Through many dangers, tolls and snares, I've already come. It's grace that's brought me here thus far. And you know what? It's going to be grace that gets me home. Are you, are, you, are you feeling it yet? What are you doing? We're worshiping. You see, most, <laughs> there's too many people whose idea of worship is coming and you sing a couple songs and, and brother so-and-so prays his prayer and then we hear a little sermon. And by the way, I told him in the early church, in, in the early service, Webster's Dictionary describes sermon, this is his definition, a boring speech. I said, there shall be no sermons at Temple Baptist Church. No sermons. But that's, that's people's idea of worship. But you know what? That's not worship. How many of y'all, let me describe worship in a way we understand. This is, this is you know, Strong's Concordance. You look up the definition of the word worship, and this is what it gives. How many of y'all ever had a puppy? We had the same tragedy in the first service. How many of y'all have ever seen a puppy? That's your problem. You need a puppy. Everybody needs a puppy. Listen, when you come home from work or from town or wherever that might be, you come home, have you seen how that, that puppy just goes crazy? Just turns and circles around. And I said, you know, sometimes he'll even tinkle a little bit. He's just so excited to see you. He's so happy. His old tail's just wagging 100 miles an hour. And he just jumps all over you and just licks you all over. Just wants you to know how happy he is that you're home. You're finally home. Just licks you all over the place. You say, what's that got to do with the Bible? Do you know the definition 
to the word worship gives the illustration as a dog would lick its master's hand. You know what worship is? You're so excited. You're in the master's house. And the master's home. You, you, get, you get to feel his presence. Now that's worship. Worship, worship is not about, worship is not about getting, even though we do get blessed. That's not worship. Worship is about giving because of what he has been giving. Or let me put it this way. Worship is about giving for what you have been getting. Why is that, why is that, that puppy so excited? That master gave him a place to live. That master gives him food to eat. That master scratches him on the belly. Say amen. That master shows him love and affection. When's the last time you just got thankful for what the master has done for you? Now let's sing this again. Say so y'all sing Amazing Grace all the time. Not enough. I tell you, not enough. Because this song, this may be the greatest song that's ever written. In my opinion, it's just because it's so true. Now here's how I want you to, I want you to, I want you to read this and, and sing this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The saved a wretch like emphasize me in that. Because that is us. So when we sing, let's just be that puppy today. How many of y'all can be a puppy for a little bit? Let's sing. Help, help us, Brother Jay. Go back to that first verse. Help us sing. Amazing sing, choir. Sing. Help grace. Worship how God. sweet Adore him. Love the him. sound. He saved us. He gave us like me.
Discipline. Now, nobody likes that word. Nobody likes that word, including me. I don't like that word. I'm a free spirit. Say amen. I just like that. What, you know, let's know. No, no, uh, no alarm clock. No, nothing. You know, I'm, I'm just, that, but we all need discipline. If we don't exercise discipline, we'll never accomplish anything. We'll never experience excellence in our life. The Bible says those that strive for mastery or excellence, they are, they are temperate in all things. In other words, here's what he's saying. If you're ever going to, if you're ever going to be excellent at anything, you got to have discipline. Are y'all with me? Now, with all that being said, with all that being said, we will never accomplish discipline in our lives if we don't get this last one. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But this is going to be the least favorite. Nobody likes this. Nobody wants to exercise this. Nobody wants to apply this, especially in life. We're living in a crazy society that doesn't want to have anything to do with accountability. Accountability. Discipline won't work without accountability. How many of y'all know that you can have all the rules you want, but if there's no teeth, the rules are irrelevant? You, if, if, let's, let's just use it this way. Uh, sign says speed limit 55, right? That's just a suggestion to most of us, <laughs> right? Until you meet one of them fine gentlemen in them little silver gray. Uh, uh, SUVs hiding in the bushes that stops to see how you're doing for the day. Now, now, why, why do I see that rule, speed limit, 55, why do I see that rule and it makes me want to do something about it? Because there's teeth. It's called $225. Don't ask me how I know how much. Y'all with me? You see, here, you know what, you know what that $225 worth? That's called $225 worth of accountability. To help me stay disciplined. Y'all with me? We need accountability. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. In in Ecclesiastes chapter number four, in verse number nine. Are y'all there? Say amen. What's the first word? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Two, two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their what? For their labor. In other words, you can get more done with two working than one. That's what that simply means. Watch what it says. For if they fall, what? Two people. If they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he that hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Then verse 12, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a fight, it's always nice to have help. So that's not fair. Fighting ain't fair. My dad taught me a long time ago. He said, son, if you're in a fight, don't get in a fight. But if you're ever in a fight, don't run from a fight. But if you're ever in a fight, fighting ain't fair. There's no rules in fighting. If you see in the ear, bite it off. Say amen. <laughs> he said, you'd be amazed what the human eye looks like sitting out here on his cheek. Amen. I said, why do you think I'd want to know that? He said, in case you're in a fight. Fighting's not fair. How many of y'all think the devil fights fair? He don't fight fair. 
And what he's saying here, if somebody comes up against you, how many of y'all would like to have help if somebody comes to attack you? There's nothing like having the Calvary. You look at all four of these verses, all four of them have to do with life. It has to do, if you want to alliterate this, the first one has to do with work. The second one has to do with your walk. The third has to do with warmth, affection, care. The third has, or fourth has to do with warfare, the fight that you're in. And you know what God is saying? Two are better than one. God does not want you living life alone. Alone. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, bless your word. Use it for your glory. Help us to grow and learn and be better Christians today than we were yesterday. In Jesus' name we all pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Watch this. Let's go, let's go back. Let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go back to the very beginning in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, when you read, you know, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many of y'all know that's where it says? All right? Do you know as he goes through that list of all the things he made, when he, when he says he made the heavens and the, and the earth, he made the stars and the moon and all of that, you know, after everything he made, you know what he said? Man, that's good. He made the trees and said, well, that's good. He made the ocean and the fish and the whales and all this there and said, man, that's good. He makes, the, he makes all the animals and the, and the creeping things on this earth. And you know what he said? Ooh, that's good. And then he made man and looked at him and said, that's not good. What's not good? For man to be alone. The first time you see God saying something was not good was when he was dealing with Adam being alone. So what did he do? He created Adam a helpmeet for him. Adam did not need to be alone. Adam did not need to try to accomplish the things and the purposes and the will of God alone. God doesn't want us to be alone. How many verses do you find in the Bible? We just read two are better than one for all of these things. I want to read. I want to read a verse. I want to read a verse. In Hebrews chapter number 10, in Hebrews chapter number 10, it says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about church. He's talking about gathering together. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that he has to tell us to get our mind off of ourselves before he tells us to gather together? He said, let us consider one another. What that means is quit being selfish, quit being self-centered, and think about somebody else besides yourself. We are living in such a selfish society, such a self-centered culture. Everybody's universe revolves around them. If it's convenient for them, it's all good. If it's a blessing for them, it's all good. But if it makes them step out of their comfort zone to think about somebody else, whoa, that's the culture we live in. And do you know that technology is making it worse? Technology is making it worse. These phones and texting and, and Facebook and all of this stuff that's supposed to bring us together, it's pulling us further apart. Human interaction is getting less and less and less and less. Wait, uh, see what day was it? Tuesday. Tuesday, the power went out. That big storm come up, power went out on our side of town. And uh, so here we are. We're sitting in the living room. Got a candle over there. It's me and Tammy and the girls right there in the living room. 
And uh, if the girls hadn't been there, it would have been kind of romantic. Amen. Hey, but they mess everything up. And we're sitting there, candles flickering, and we're just kind of looking at each other. And, 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 and nobody's really, we're not really talking that much. I mean, and then all of a sudden, Brandy, uh, uh, Brandy said, my goodness gracious, what in the world did they do without electricity? She's wanting the TV on, and she's wanting the computer work and all this kind of stuff. And you know what I said? They talked. People don't talk anymore. People don't interact anymore. People, hey, even, even texting has ruined it. People won't even answer your phone anymore, but you text them. That's right, I said it. And you know why? We don't want to have to be obligated to answer. Think about it. If it text, I can do it on my own time. But if I talk, I'm going to have to really talk to this person. Man, it's getting quiet in here. Preacher, what's What's happening? The devil is creating an atmosphere where we're getting lonelier and lonelier. And he's putting it in our heads, we don't need each other. I don't need you. You you know what he said? Let us consider one another. Here's what, here's what I said. Preacher, I, I, just don't, I just don't need that church stuff. I don't need to gather together. I can get, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what he said. He didn't say think about you. He said think about one another. In other words, there's other people sitting in pews that need your encouragement. Let me ask you a question. This is just commercial. I'm going to throw this in. I'm not even going to charge you nothing for this one. How many people did you encourage when you come in here today? Let me, let me, I got Bible. Let us consider one another to provoke, to provoke unto love and to good works. How many people is going to go out here and do something good because you encouraged them to do that? You motivated them by your behavior in front of them to make them want to go do something good. That's what it says. Isn't that what it says? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together so you can hear some preaching. That's not what it says, is it? Thank God we get to hear good singing and some preaching and all that. But watch what it says. Why are we here to assemble together? But, but, but exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. That means encouraging. You mean to tell me I'm supposed to do that today? That's why we're here. Because somebody's spouse left them. Because somebody's kid is just going crazy on them. Because somebody just found out this week they've got cancer. Because because uh, uh, somebody's just about to lose everything financially they have. And they need somebody to say, we're with you. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. Well, I thought I was just supposed to come and watch some people perform on the stage and, and, and hear a little uh, pep talk. And, and No. No. We're all going through hell on earth. So we need each other. What's the point? Quit trying to live life alone. You say, I thought this has to do with accountability. It does. This is my point. It's very difficult to impossible 
to be disciplined without help. And those people that are, are weird. Let me say it again. Those people that are naturally disciplined, I mean, they're just, they got a, they got a, they got a technical term for it. It's called OCD. I've got, I've got a daughter that you have to wade through stuff to find her in the bedroom. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then I have a daughter who just came back from the Dominican that has to have her shoes lined up. We have made the mistake of putting them in the same room. My point, <laughs> people that are naturally disciplined are so rare. We're just going to act like they don't exist. Y'all with me? Becca don't need no help. She just got to just clean, 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 clean. And she just she said, Daddy, you better be glad I'm home. I said, get out of my face. Don't mess with my suit. She'll come in my office and I have everything. And I, I mean, and it looks like somebody set a, a grenade on my desk. And, both, and, she's, and she comes in and cleans it. Look, Daddy. Now I can't find nothing. Now, some people are that way, but everybody's not. And most of us are not naturally disciplined. If we were, we'd be all good. But guess what? We're a mess. We're trying to keep our head above water. Our lives are... Are y'all with me today? Now, here's the problem. Let me give you, let me give you just a couple things. I, I'll have to thin it down today, but... The basics of accountability. What, what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about when we say accountability? It's really putting somebody in our life to help us accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. All right, I've got my priorities. I've got my schedule. I need to exercise discipline to stay with this. And, 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 and so I need somebody to come help me, encourage me to do this. It's like this. I've got a friend of mine that's pastoring in Georgia. And uh, he, he posted a picture, he posted a picture of his phone. How many of y'all have alarms on your phones? you got a smartphone, y'all know what I'm talking about? Do you know you can set an alarm for 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 5 And he, literally, I'm not exaggerating, this is the God's honest truth. He showed his phone and he had like 12 alarms that were to go off before he would actually. And his wife posted one. And she says, if I don't get up, and she posted under there, messing with him, if I don't get up now, I'm a failure. What does he need? Discipline. What? <laughs> Are y'all getting me? And here's, here's what accountability is. Here's, here's Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says this. Accountability is the state of being liable to answer for one's conduct. Woo! Now you know why nobody likes it. 
Nobody wants to answer for their conduct. We have murderers trying to get off and get out of jail because they said, I stabbed him 14 times because my father never took me fishing when I was 11 and a half. You know what? He's not taking any accountability whatsoever. He's not wanting to answer for his actions. And we have a society that is creating monsters because we're not forcing them to answer for their actions. We have children that were raised up. I saw a great sign, a great sign the other day. Please raise your children right because after you're done with them, we have to live with them. And we teach kids they don't have to be accountable. They get in trouble over and over and over and over again, and we just bail them out, and we blame their teacher. Well, I tell you what, well, I tell you what, if I was to ever go to jail, I would be a lifer because I wasn't calling my dad. I said, you can leave me in here, I, you just put me in solitary. I don't care, but don't call my dad. But not today. Not today. The father will want to go and cuss out the cop or cuss out the issue. Or, uh, I saw a guy posted a picture of a guy holding a sign. said a mother shouldn't have to fear for the life of her child every time he holds up a store. Think about it. Some of y'all are like, yeah, it was that dumb. At what point do we say you're accountable? This is, this is the world we live in. And you say you shouldn't get all bent out of shape. Lost people, I know lost people are going to do it, but we're doing this in church. Church people, Christians, God's people are doing stuff that's very foolish because they're not placing accountability in their life. Let me tell you what accountability requires. And this may, be, this may give us the answer of why this is so difficult. Accountability requires vulnerability. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Am I telling the truth? Help me, help me. What, what, listen, we don't want to really admit our mistakes and sin. We don't want to make ourselves vulnerable. It's like the turtle sticking his head out the shell. Listen, he don't want to stick his head out because there may be an alligator going to bite his head off. But you know what? You'll never get anywhere till you do. And being vulnerable may put yourself out there to get hurt, but guess what? We'll never get healed till we're willing to do that. Y'all with me? Vulnerability, but not only that, humility. Humility. Humility means willing to learn, quick to hear, respond to reproof. Do you know who you can't help? Somebody who knows it all. It irritates the fire out of me. When somebody comes to my office with an issue, and I say, listen, this and this, this, this. Well, I know. Well, if you know, what are you doing here? How many of y'all have teenagers? Raise your hand and willing to admit it. Come on, raise your hand. I want to see it. How many say? Isn't it amazing that that certain age, they just become geniuses? It's like overnight, they know everything. And you, 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 can't, you can't help people that know everything. If they're not willing to listen, if they're not willing to admit, accountability won't work. The, the, the last requirement, what would what, what we say? Vulnerability. We got to have humility. But then the most important is honesty. Honesty. I've got a list of questions 
that I've got friends that's close. We, 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 you know, try to hold each other accountable. And, you know, questions that you ask, have you, have you looked at anything you shouldn't have looked at this week or whatever, like three or four, five different questions. And the very last question, you know what the very last question says? Have you lied to me? You know why? Because if you're going to lie, you're wasting your time. Now, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Oh, I, I wouldn't. Why are you going to go to a counselor and then lie? Why go to a counselor? Why go to a counselor and just tell him what you think he wants to hear? We do that so we can hurry and get out of the session. Say amen right there. Say amen right there. Man, it's getting quiet. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Guys, guys, how many of you, how many of you, your wives have to go to the doctor with you because you won't tell them the truth? My wife won't let me go to the doctor by myself. Because he's in there, he's saying, is this bothering you? I'm, uh, uh, and she's behind me. We'll leave, we'll leave. Why didn't you tell him the truth? Why? I said, man, I didn't want to be like a hypochondriac or something. She says, well, why go to the doctor if you're not going to tell him the truth? Y'all getting anything? Accountability don't work if we're not going to be honest. That's what's required. Then I want you to see this. Underneath this, I want you to write the realms of accountability. Where do we need accountability? Where, where can we apply accountability in our life? Here's, here's the first place that we're going to have accountability. It's divine accountability. Say that word with me. We need. Look what it says. In Romans 14, 12, it says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. How many of y'all... How many of you have ever heard this? Especially now, with all the junk going on in our culture and society, this is the most favorite phrase that's ever said. It's always put out here. If, if somebody's ever confronted with truth, if you ever say, hey, the Bible says, the Bible says you shouldn't do this because of, or the Bible says you should live this way because, and this is their favorite saying. I mean, they always come up with this one. They love this one. Hey, only God can judge me. How many of y'all have heard that? How many of y'all seen that? You know what I want to say? Hey, dummy, he's going to. Don't you understand? He is going to. One day, you're going to actually stand before him. And I want to say, and I'm thinking in my head, okay, if I know God's going to judge me, I better straighten up. You know why people say that kind of stuff? They don't believe it's going to actually happen. You know what? <laughs> Me and my brother, <clears throat> when we were growing up, uh, uh, we would kind of lose a sense of uh, reality and, and do some stuff that was not necessarily conducive for our health and well-being. And my mom would say this. My mom would say this. Maybe you've heard this. In just a little while, your daddy's going to be home. How many of y'all have ever heard that? And fear would fall upon me and my brother. And we would pray to God that mom would get amnesia. Oh, God. Or we would pray the rapture would take place before he made it home. Are y'all with me? 
Because we knew when he got home, it was not going to be good. How many of y'all know we're going to give account to God one day? Listen, divine accountability. Not only divine accountability, but spiritual accountability. Do you realize that God has put spiritual hedges around you? Hebrews 13, 17 says this, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. That's talking about godly leadership in the church. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. What does that mean? That means this, you better be careful how you treat the leadership that God has put over you. Be careful. Listen, the church is supposed to be full of sheep, not goats. Y'all with me? You know what a goat does all the time? But, 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 but. I saw a video on Facebook. I don't know if somebody here might have put that thing. That video, there's a full-grown mama cow and a goat. Did y'all see this? Anybody see this? Oh, I've got to find it. I've got to find it. This is big screen material. Are y'all with me? A full-grown mama cow with a calf. This old, this old goat came by, and I guess she was afraid of it, so she charged it, and he charged her. Bam! And the full-grown mama cow, four legs straight up in the air. And that old goat just shook his head. Man. I thought, that's a church member right there. Amen. But and everything. But preacher. But, 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 but. Just always got a problem. Guess what? You will stand before God for how you treat the spiritual leadership in your life. Listen, it's important. Now, not only that. But we see familial, familial or family accountability. Ephesians 5.21, the Bible says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, now, what does this mean? We all like to quote, especially us men, we love to quote about wives submitting to their husbands. But do you know this verse is telling us to submit one to another? What does that mean? That means we should allow our spouses, the area in the room, to be able to comment in our life. If there's something that she's seen, if there's something that, hey, Tammy, Tammy, she'll, I'm telling you, she's like got radar or something like that. There'll, there'll be a certain person or, or something that I'm really not seeing, and Tammy will see something, and she'll say, you need to be careful with so-and-so. You need to watch out. Now, you watch for, and I'm like, oh, come on. And then when it's all said, she is right. And you know what we do as husbands? Oh, you don't, and we don't, we don't let them hold us accountable now now ladies this is not this is not a license to be a nag y'all with me accountability is not nagging after you've said it 7,527 times and a half he's getting it are y'all with me it's not about that it's about encouraging accountability is not being a Nazi. It's not being in their throat and in their face to make them feel guilty. Accountability is encouraging them to do right. So what's the difference between nagging and encouraging? If you don't know, I can't help you. Are y'all with me? But we need accountability at home. Guys, don't be so ignorant to think that she was not put there to be a blessing and a help to you. God put her there to help you. Are y'all with me? Let's, let's hold each other accountable. Let's hold each other. Let's encourage each other to do what's right. Same goes with the, same goes with the kids. 
The Bible says, children, obey your, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. Uh, young people in here, if your father or your mother has an ill feeling about certain uh, Romeo or Juliet, hey, listen. They're not so dumb as you think they are. They've been there, done that. They have the scars. Go to, go to school and let them pay the tuition. I've heard people say, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go to the school of hard knocks. That's not a good idea because the tuition is too high. Why don't you learn by other people's mistakes? And they come to you and say, listen, I don't think he's, I know he's pretty and, and handsome and, and he says all right things, but I don't think he's right for you. You may need to listen. Guys, hey, big hair will throw you every time. Say amen. I don't care what she looks like. You might need to listen to somebody else in your life that, that cares about you. Y'all with me? I knew this wasn't going to go over good, but it, hey, it is what it is. Let me give you some barriers to accountability. Why, why, do you, why, why will we not set up accountability in our life? Why is it such a difficult thing to do? I think the number one barrier, the number one barrier, whether no matter what area of accountability it needs to be there you're trying to do, the number one barrier is pride. Say that with me. Help me, Balcony. Say it with me. We need, listen, pride will keep us from getting help. We won't come to counseling because we're too prideful. Well, I don't want nobody to think I've got a problem with my marriage. They do too. I don't want nobody to think I have a problem with this weakness or this addiction or this, this issue or this area of my life. Look, man, swallow your pride. You know what? I had to take a vehicle to Brother Dorgan's the other day. And I, I pulled in there. I didn't, I didn't go in there and him at his desk looking at me. I didn't go in there. Oh, I'm so ashamed to be here. I'm so ashamed. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't, I'm just, I, I, I got a car problem. He'd have thought I was drunk if I did that. He said, that's silly. It's no more silly than coming to my office and saying, look, we're fighting like cats and dogs. We can't get along. Can you help us? You tell me what's the difference. You say, why do you go to him? Because he knows how to fix it. He has expertise. He's been doing it a long time. He knows what he's doing, and he has the tools to do it. How many of y'all have ever tried to fix a car without the tools? How many of y'all said a bad word? You say, why should I go? Hey, I've helped people. I have some tools. So don't be prideful. Don't, listen, you, you, you know why we, 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 we won't admit? We don't want other people to think we have problems like they do. Pride's a dangerous thing. You know what goes before a fall? Pride. Pride. The Bible says in Proverbs, the, the, the pride of a man will bring him low low you know when i get the best help when i swallow my pride and say man help me help me i don't get angry at people that beat me i, I listen I, I i remember i remember and trust me i'm competitive i am competitive i about got kicked out of softball game church softball too and that, that, that was in the past amen 
Don't judge. Don't judge. Uh, but if somebody beats me, I just say golf. I don't get angry and just, and, no, I say, help me. You just beat me. Tell me how to do that. Why can't we do that in life? Why can't we just swallow our pride and say, you know what? There may be somebody that's better at this than I am, and I'm struggling with it. Hey, that's the only way we're going to get help is if we swallow our, and by the way, and I got to hurry, I got to hurry, but you know what got Satan kicked out of heaven? You say he went against God. Yeah, because of his pride. That's why God hates pride. Because he knows what pride does to people. God knows that pride keeps people from getting help. That's why he hates it so bad. Pride. Not only pride, but fear. Fear. I think sometimes we're afraid of what people are going to think if we admit what we really struggle with. We're afraid of what they're going to think about us. Which, which is connected to pride, but we're just afraid. We're afraid. Don't let pride and fear keep you from putting accountability in your life. Let me give you this last one, and we'll, we'll pray. This is, this, is, this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. So, How do we get accountability? <clears throat> where do we start? This is the beginning of accountability. Really, honestly, you're in it right now. This is a good place to start. You're in, you're in a certain amount of accountability right now. You're going to a church that will tell you the truth. Did you catch what I just said? You're going to a church that will tell you the truth. Not, our, not all churches are like that. Not, you, know what, you know what an accountability partner will do? He will tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. But you're going to a church that will tell you the truth. Now, I don't know about you. But I like, I like messages that talk about grace, and I like messages that talk about heaven, and I like messages that talk about God's favor on my life and all that. But if that's all I ever hear, I will be spiritually sick and anemic. How many of y'all have ever been to uh, Yogurt Mountain? It's right there beside my other favorite place, Five Guys Hamburgers, amen? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? You, you know, you go in there, and, and, and you build a masterpiece. The first time I went in there, I had never been in a store like that. And I'd just seen all this stuff. And I said, this, I have gone to heaven. And I'm telling you, I had a map. I mean, it was unbelievable, the architecture of this dessert. And I come to the register. She says, put it on the scale. What for? You know, I think they ought to put a sign out there that we're going to weigh this and charge you accordingly. They deceived me, amen. Thank God for plastics, all I can say, amen. You know what? I could go in there and I could eat that every day. I mean, they got this. They got this little tart thing now that's got like orange. It's like a citrus flavor, and you can put nerds in that thing and gummy worms. Say, man, right there. I mean, it's just wonderful. But if I ate that every day, I'd get sick. I need to go someplace that's got some green beans and some and some cauliflower. Y'all with me? And some roast and gravy and say, man, my stomach's growling right now. I mean, like a lion right now. I hope you can't even hear. 
You need nutrients. You got to go to a church that's going to tell you the truth. It's not popular. The Bible says, in the last days, people will heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. They will turn from the truth. In other words, they'll go to places that people just tell them what they want to hear. But guess what? That's not accountability. That's not accountability. It's popular, and it's growing by leaps and bounds, but I guarantee you this, they're making people more the child of the devil than, any, than the devil himself. You're in a great place to get accountability right here. But this is not it. This is, there's more than that. A great way to get accountability is getting a small group. Getting a small group where you can encourage each other and pray for each other and share issues with each other. I don't want nobody to know my problems. Well, you're going to always have your problems if that's the case. You're going to always have your problems. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share something with you that may, this, this may be life-changing for somebody. This may be life-changing for somebody. And, I, and I'm not, I don't exaggerate that, and I don't say this a lot, but I'm telling you, when this dawned on me, when I got this, it changed my life. I had a guy at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, was preaching, and I was kind of in and out because it takes a whole lot to keep my attention, and he just wasn't getting it. Are you all with me? And he said something, and I just perked up, and, it, and it, just, I, it just made sense all of a sudden. This is what he said. He said, if you're the only one that knows your weakness, you will never get victory over your weakness. In other words, everybody's got an issue. Everybody's got a sin. Everybody's got a struggle. Everybody's got an area of their life that they're weak in. Everybody does. Look at your neighbor right beside you. Look at your neighbor right beside you and tell him, you got an issue. Everybody does. Now, we can, we can look down at folks at life recovery. We can look down, but hey, at least they're trying. And we'll sit in here and struggle with issues, and then we'll look down our nose at somebody that's actually trying and won't go, well, we're not that kind of people. Oh, really? We all got issues. But watch this. Watch this. This is what, this is what changed my life. Can I borrow you a minute, Brother Buchanan? Come on up here real quick. Watch this. There's, 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 there's two specific places in the Bible that talks about confessing. Confessing. You know that thing nobody wants to do? Y'all with me? Confessing. The first place, that, 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 that I mean, there's several places, but the first place I want to talk about is this. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we, come on, if we confess our sin to who? To God. He is faithful and just to forgive forgive and you talk to people and you say listen man confession listen i just confess to god that's cool if you confess to god you will get forgiven forgiven all right but guess what if that's the only person you confess to you're going to have to keep confessing it because forgiveness doesn't equal healing and forgiveness does not equal victory. Now, how many, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand because I don't want to put you on the spot right here, but how many have had to go to God over and over and over again for the same stupidity? Oh, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. I'm sorry. I have. I did it again. Lord, I'm sorry. Hit, hit. All right, watch, watch. That's confession. We confess to God to be Say it with me. To be forgiven. 
Watch this. Watch what James says. I love this one. James says this. Confess your faults that ye may be healed. Watch. I confess to God to be forgiven. Why do I need to be forgiven? To stay safe? No, you're saved. When you are forgiven and God saves you, God puts your name in the Lamb's book of life, that's not so you can stay saved because you can't get unsaved. That verse is talking about being in a relationship and a fellowship with God because it says God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we say that we have, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? So we can fellowship with Him and be in a relationship with Him and stay close to Him. I illustrate it this way. Me and my wife are married. But we're not always walking in the light. There's times we're not in agreement. And we have issues. She's not happy with me. I'm not happy with her. But we're still married. Y'all with me? So what do I do? Baby, I'm sorry. What should she do? <laughs> Amen. I, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. All right. Uh, Y'all forget that? Amen. Uh I confess to stay in relationship with God. But listen, I don't want to have to keep doing this. I don't, I don't want to keep tripping over and over and over again. I don't want to keep falling over my weaknesses and struggle with my weaknesses because I'm the only one who knows about my weaknesses besides God. What did God say to do about it? I confess to God for... I confess to my brother for healing. It's when I share, brother... And I'm struggling with such and such an area. And let me, let me say this. I think everybody, I think everybody should have an accountability partner, regardless. Everybody. I don't care who they are. Everybody. But here's the thing. If you struggle with your weakness, it could be an addiction, it could be whatever the area in your life, if you're the only one that knows about it, you're going to always struggle with it. You're never going to defeat it. But if I share and say, brother, I've got this issue. Will you help me with that? Pray with me. Encourage me. See, he knows. He knows. And so what does he do? He's praying for me. He calls me during the week. Say, hey, man, I've just been thinking about you. And uh, how you doing with that? Oh, man, I, I, boy, it's been a rough week. And, or, or if I'm really struggling or being tempted, it, Brother Buchanan, man, I'm having a hard day today. Guess what? Well, let's pray about it. Let's talk about that right now. Let's, let's go through this right now. You see what happens? God puts people in our life, not just so we can have friends, but so we can have accountability. And with accountability comes discipline. And does this make sense? God said, say it, are better. Quit trying to live your life and gain victory alone you need other people rich i just can't do that one-on-one or at least get in a small group where you can get some sense of accountability nobody wants that in the world we're living in today nobody wants that nobody wants to feel obligated well guess what you're always going to struggle with your issue till you swallow your pride get over your fear 
and say, I need to put accountability around me. Well, I don't care about that. I don't, I don't, why do I need that? One verse, and we'll be done with this whole series right here. Last week, we read this about, about Paul. He said, they that strive for the mastery. You remember what the word mastery means? Excellence. They that strive, those that want to be excellent are temperate, that means discipline, in all things. And we know discipline does not come without accountability. Here's the thing. Do you want to have an excellent marriage? Do you want to have an excellent relationship? Do you want to raise your kids in an excellent way? Do you want to be an excellent Christian at work? Do you want to have an excellent life and excellence in your life? It will not come without discipline. There's never been an Olympic athlete that performed in excellence that was undisciplined. Are y'all with me? What's the big deal? I don't want temple people to be anything less than disciplined. Why? Because they don't need to be anything less than excellent. Why? We serve an excellent God. And he deserves our best. And all God's people say it. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for all that you do.